It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys. There's a, a, a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Goss, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Stupidity is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code STU for a special offer. When you sign up, that's code STU only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Golick, you spent the entire year, like Mike Ryan, like Levitard, telling me that the Georgia defense was one of the best defenses you have seen in college football history. So do you feel vindicated today? Because you're right. They're great. Well, you know, again, it's I don't know if it's about being vindicated, but it's nice to be right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I got to see them up close. I think it was the second game of the season. I called their game against South Carolina in Athens. And again, South Carolina wasn't a great team, but a lot of times you don't need to see that. You just need to see how players are and how they play. And I, I saw in that game and I thought, I, I mean, this is just a different group from their size, as, as Shane Beamer, the head coach of South Carolina, said, he said their big guys are fast and their fast guys are big. And that's what they are. I mean, they, and listen, they got they got smoked in the SEC title game against Bama. It's not like Bama's a slouch. Right. But there is a difference. It is interesting going into that game. And I heard, I heard my son Mike talk about this. He did the, a digital show before, and he's right. There, there is a... It was kind of like when, when when Mike and Jake were on the team and they played Alabama. You go in there trying to beat Alabama, hoping you can be the national champion. That's what Georgia was doing because Georgia hadn't won in four decades since 81 or 80. Alabama is going in trying to just keep up what they've been doing for the last 
decade and a half is win a championship. And their thought process is, we don't want to be one of the few teams that actually loses a championship game. I mean, they're just different mentalities from, from the success that they've had. But again, this Georgia team, they don't know 40 years ago, you know, and Herschel Walker is a freshman and, and that. They just know of now and how good they are. And I thought early in this game, man, they were I, – I look at Saban like Belichick. Belichick is a, is a coach that loves to capitalize on other teams' mistakes. Now, later in the season when New England lost a couple in a row, they were the ones making the mistakes. Well – Bama's kind of the, the same way, and they were capitalizing on Georgia's mistakes. I mean, you heard Kirby Smart at halftime. They kept shooting themselves in the foot at the beginning of their drives. They were first and 15, right. you know, because yes. they, they'd move, they'd screw something up. So, I mean, they, they were always fighting from behind, but kudos to them for fighting through that and coming back. Mike, I think the story or one of the stories of that game is the amount of times, especially in that first half, where Alabama got into the red zone and couldn't get seven. Yes, yes. I mean, listen, we, we all know when you get into the red zone, the field shrinks. And if you're a good defense, you can become better because you have to deal with less space. And and, and then that's true for a lot of defenses. And that, that's what happened. They just couldn't punch it in. It's a violent, aggressive Georgia defense. I mean, they are violent. There were hits. There were hits in that game that I'm glad they're still letting you get away with in college. And I don't mean you know, injuring hits. I mean, they're letting you hit people. They're letting you hit the quarterback. There were there were would have been flags all over the place if it was an NFL game, the way there were some hits out there. But I'm glad they were letting both teams do it. And they were violent. And that's what I loved about the defense because that's what I was used to playing on, especially in Philly, is a violent defense where I mean you are you are literally trying to drive the guy through the ground. And and, and that's what this defense was doing. But you're right. I mean, when you can't get in the end zone and you're talking the first five scores were all field goals by both teams before you finally get a touchdown, you're like, wow. You know, you, you, you're, you're, if you bet the under, you're in good shape. And isn't it amazing the over-under was 52 and they ended up scoring 51 points? I yeah. mean, it's just stunning how that happens. Yeah, what, how we lose our money, how we're suckers? Yeah, that- exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's essentially what you're saying there, correct? Pretty pretty much, yeah. That's but, pretty much what I'm saying. But I imagine no one loves a good 9-6 halftime score more than Mike Golick Sr. I loved it. I, listen, <laughs> I, I absolutely loved it. And anybody who thought that was a boring game, man, I don't know what you're watching. Right. Because, man, I mean, it was... You know these are two really good teams. Uh, Georgia has a better defense than an offense. I had talked to you guys before during this run that I thought Stetson Bennett, if there was any struggle, was going to get pulled. And let me tell you, he was struggling early. It's like the nerves got to him early. I thought, man, if this keeps going, they're going to yank him. But he he corrected himself. I thought it was a ridiculous call, that fumble. That, that was an incomplete pass. I, I was stunned. They called that a fumble, and, and Bama recovered it. A guy nonchalantly grabbing the ball, thinking it was an incomplete pass. I thought it was up. game over, Mike. I did. I thought uh, it was game over right too. there. Yes. I completely agree. They get that ball, they score, and you're like, uh-oh. But, man, kudos to Todd Munkin, the old coordinator of Georgia. He just came out firing that next series, and you end up getting a score on an Aaron Rodgers play, right? A freebie. Yeah. You know, you got a free play, and, and Bennett did absolutely the right thing and hoisted that sucker to the end zone. And of their two touchdown catches, both were freshmen. Mitchell catches the one touchdown, and Bowers, the freshman tight end, catches the other touchdown. And before you know it, they score 20 points in the fourth quarter. And some of the words Saban says to Kirby Smart after the game was, you kicked our ass in the fourth quarter. And that's exactly what happened.
Mike, how much did Jamison Williams coming out for Alabama affect their offense? It seemed like uh, Bryce couldn't get couldn't get going after. Oh, that. hold on! No it's also it. it's Listen. also important to point out they were missing wide receiver number one. So now you're out you know, without your top two wide receivers yeah. here. So so you lost John Mechie, who was a great story in and of himself, by yes. the way, in the SEC title game. So you don't even have him, you know, in the first round of the playoffs. So you know you're dealing without him. And Williams, man, I, I felt so bad for him because you saw, I mean, you saw his knee buckle. And as soon as that happened, I said, boy, he is done. I was happy to see him walking. He actually wanted to go back into the second half, and smartly they said no, as Nick Saban said, said this guy's got a future in football. And while this is a monster game, you know, I, I didn't think there was any way he was coming back. Certainly that hurts because he is your – he is your big play guy. He is your, if I'm getting pressure, if he's covered downfield, I can just throw the ball up. And what's considered a 50-50 ball to this guy is like a 70-30 ball. I mean, he had over 1,500 yards receiving this year. He's phenomenal. So, yeah, that there's no doubt that would make a difference. And and Dan, uh, Lanning, the, the D coordinator for Georgia, even said on the sideline, hey, this game's changed. The game's changed now that this guy is out. They've lost their threat. Now, they bring in another four or five star guy, you know, as a right. freshman receiver, but they don't and, and as and as Nick Saban correctly said, hey, we got other guys that have to step up. They don't have the experience, but they're gonna get it tonight. And he's right. And so they're they're potentially excellent players, but they just don't have the experience right now. So absolutely that has something to do with the game. But I really felt that the way that the Georgia defense was playing you know, now Robinson, the running back for Bama, got going a little bit in the third quarter, and then that turnover happens. I'm with you, Stu. I started to think, uh-oh, yeah. you know, it's going to start to go the way of Bama here. But, man, that defense just shut him down. And that one drive where Georgia came out just throwing, 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 throwing and, and got a touchdown, that was such a key drive, especially after that turnover. Real quick, I just thought it was real classy. I had never seen this. Kirby Smart asking Nick Saban, after the game, yeah. how is Jamison Williams? I, I thought was – I'd well, never seen an opposing coach ask about a player. You know, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban have a relationship from LSU to the Dolphins to, to, to Alabama. You know, they've been together a long time, and they understand, you know, players and you losing players and things like that. So I thought it was a real good meeting at, at halftime. I thought it was really cool with Saban in the post when – Young Bryce Young was in there, Will Anderson, and just took a moment and said, these guys aren't defined by one game. And they're not. You know, they're they're excellent players. But, man, kudos to Georgia. Georgia in that defense, just studs on that defense. Stetson Bennett steadied himself uh, in that game. Think about that defense. Bryce Young threw the ball. What did he throw it? Um, he threw it 57 times. He was pressured on 41% of those passes. Yeah. So, I mean, that just a great job. That's the most he's been pressured all year. And it's not shocking it came from this defense. And this defense got to vindicate themselves. You asked if I felt vindicated. That mm -hmm. defense got to vindicate themselves off their poor showing in the SEC championship game. Without his two top wide receivers, though, Mike, he still threw for 370 yards. Bryce Young did. Uh, had a touchdown, had the two interceptions. But you have to be impressed with him. He's 18, 19 years old, Mike. He's a phenomenal player. Yeah. Listen, he came in and said, you know, Alabama has had a run of quarterbacks. We had, we had talked about but before a few years ago, we had said, name the last great Ohio State or Alabama quarterback that's in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Right. Well, now we've had, we have a string of guys from Bama that are certainly 
looking like they can be that part. We'll see about Justin Fields as well. I mean, he looks like, you know, a high ceiling as well from Ohio State. But now they're starting to churn out these quarterbacks. This kid, the thing that amazes me about Young is how young he is. He His expression never changes. If the moment gets to him, you never know it. Never know it. He is, seems unflappable at any situation. So that's a great trait to have as a quarterback going forward. So looks like a, a really a bright future for that kid. The result last night, Mike, a lot of people do, didn't want Alabama to win just because they're tired right. of Alabama. And I understand that. But what happened last night, that's good for college football, right? Just having another champion, correct? Well, I, I think it's good for college football. And it also kind of cements... You know, everybody doesn't want to give SEC the credit. Last three national champions, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, were all SEC. You know, if you want to say it's a little top-heavy, fine. But you had three different teams win the national championship (laughs) in the last three years. So, you know what? I'll take that. And and kind of on a side note, it's a damn shame, though, you know, the, the committee couldn't get together and figure out how they want to work you know, the expansion of the playoffs. Because, again, how much that's going to help, I don't know. You're still going to be top-heavy. But I just think, overall, it's going to be good to have more teams and, and a bigger tournament for this. And, and and those people couldn't get together. Hopefully they will. Once they figure out the bulls and the money, they'll get it done. But, listen, make no mistake, the SEC is the dominant force. Uh, they have been. They will be. You see Alabama already has been installed as the favorite to win the national championship next year. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? The 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 wheel just keeps on turning. Uh, Mike, this is going to be interesting, and we've discussed this, all right, with the transfer portal, because you now have a national championship winning quarterback in Stetson Bennett at the University of Georgia. But I think you agree with me when I say this. Kirby Smart, if he can upgrade at that position, he's yes. going to during this offseason, yeah. right? Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And there are really good quarterbacks out there that can see an opportunity, you know, to to get in the mix. It's going to be musical chairs. We're, we are in college football free agency. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's something we're going to have to get used to. Hell, you got Caleb Williams from Oklahoma in the transfer portal, probably to USC to follow Lincoln Riley. He has, you know, and two quarterbacks in, at SC are already in the transfer portal. I mean... This is what you do. You can upgrade, except if your team's like Bama. Now, Bama does have a transfer from Tennessee and I think one from Clemson or Ohio State, so they'll pick and choose. Other teams, I mean, I've done games where teams have had 12 to 15 transfers on their team now. So that starts to add to the puzzle now is not only are you recruiting 18-year-olds in their living room, but you're recruiting guys that you have actual resumes on who have played one, two, three, four years in college to bring them on your team for one year to help you as well. All right, so Kirby Smart finally gets his uh, his national championship as a head coach, Mike. And so I'm wondering, because this is how we do it, right? The coach with the most pressure on him to win a national championship is blank. Um. Wow. Is it Ryan Day? I would say it's Lincoln Riley. If you, would I ask would me say that I would say Lincoln Riley, Ryan Day. I think you got to throw Brian Kelly in there, right? Yeah. He, he left Notre Dame to go to LSU for the bag. I get. Right. But also, that's the only thing missing from his resume. The only thing is a is a national championship at at this level, and that's what he went to LSU for. So I I would include him 
uh, in that group. Uh, I would agree. Those, those three guys would probably be the top three guys. Left your boy Freeman out. I mean, isn't that the expectation always at Notre uh, Dame? Yeah, or? the ex- <laughs> he's been there. You know, he's been there a couple of months. I don't think I'm going to throw that. Well, so like Riley, technically. I mean, but 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 that's basically it. You know, your your goal every year is it's not a conference championship. Obviously, it's to get into the playoffs, and it'll become easier for Notre Dame when they expand the playoffs to at least be in the party at the end, and then it's just a matter of how they do. Georgia ain't going away. This is sustainable. This is a long-term thing for them, right? Well, I mean, it is. They got some guys that'll be leaving on that defense for sure. I mean, they have some first-rounders, second-rounders. They have guys that are going to make an impact uh, at the next level. You have guys that are going to leave. But, listen, winning begets winning, right? I mean, you know, Alabama... You know, I, 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 to the point, I think where recruits should come to Nick Saban. Nick Saban shouldn't even have to go to them and plead their case on why Nick should give him a scholarship. George is that way. LSU is that way. Ohio State's that way. I mean, these top recruits, not only do they want to win, which they can do if they go to Ohio State, if they go to Georgia, if they go to Alabama, but they're going to be ready for the next level as well. That's what these guys see. These guys see, I want to go to a great college, but I have an eye on my future of making big time bank going to the NFL. So that's an, another big draw of going to these schools. All right, Billy, are we uh, are we going to unveil on God Bless Football our final BCS standings this week? Because ah. I would like to make, uh, I, I would, I would like to make Mike's head explode one more time if we could. Yeah. You know what? Yes. This week, <laughs> wow. the final standings of the season. <laughs> that, that should be awesome. I can't wait. I, yeah. I hope you guys will have Georgia number one. Uh, we'll we also, see. Mike, yeah, we'll just see. a little, just a little sneak peek for you and for yeah. the audience. Yeah. We also have been trying to figure out solutions so that there can't be ties in the NFL. So we'll give you yes. some of those also. <laughs> All right, listen, I'm game for that. <laughs> Are you? We'll see. I love a good tie, though, Mike. I've been saying that. Like, listen, you don't try to tie a football game, but if you stumble into a good tie, there's nothing wrong with that. I have zero issue with a tie. Zero issue. You know, we're all smart enough in math to figure it out, right, right. of how it affects your team. So yeah. I have no problem with a tie. Well, some of us are. I mean. Well, that's true. That's a good point. I, we let other people figure it out for us. Exactly. Just right. like in school when I looked at my neighbor's work. All right. Thank you, Mike. Uh, all right. we, we appreciate it. We have wrapped up. It felt like a very uneventful college football season, like exactly what was supposed to happen happened, and I didn't enjoy it very much. What do you think? Oh, I completely disagree. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I, I, I love college uh, football. I uh, love uh, the season. I love it all. And I was happy for this rematch because I thought this was going to happen in the rematch. And I'm sure Georgia was as well, especially on that defensive side of the ball. I, I think the season's phenomenal. I love college football. I, I easily think it's second to the NFL as far as popular. No doubt. But, Billy, you seem to agree with me there, right? Pretty uneventful. I mean. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. a, one versus two. We yeah. thought it was going to happen. Jeez. You know, but it's what everybody says. Defense wins championships, Mike. Damn right. Yeah. Damn right. Don't have, You know what? That's something that's n- never going to be old school. That's going to always be there. Maybe. Your uh, your head's going to explode when we have Auburn ahead of Georgia. <laughs> I, I, that may be my last appearance. <laughs> and A and M ahead of both. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You guys well, they, are just uh, setting uh, it up for me. They to beat leave. Alabama. They beat them first. Right. I mean, <laughs> Stu Gatz here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't: the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So. What is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and 
We still haven't settled it. I have been enjoying ice-cold Miller Lights for as long as I can remember. In fact, I enjoyed some over the weekend. As the Knicks beat the Sixers in advance of the second round, me and my friends, we sat around, we celebrated. With ice-cold Miller Lights, what did we do? We made fun of Joel Embiid. Ah, I love it, the Knicks. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's start with that Raiders Chargers game before we get to all the coaching changes because there was exciting football being played (laughs) on Sunday and really over the weekend. And as you know, um, the Monday after, you know, the final Monday after the regular season is over. Uh, all the games, all the stuff that happened on the field kind of goes away because coaches get fired. And then we get back to the games as we get closer to wild card weekend. But uh, let's start right there with that game, which was so exciting and so interesting on so many levels. And I'm wondering, do you feel like a lot of people feel that the Chargers coach gave the game away, gave away the playoffs, Mike, because he called the timeout in overtime? So, man, so the play didn't change. Right. The, the, The play didn't change. But the attitude may have changed. Not the, oh, you called a timeout, now we're going to kick your ass attitude. So let's, let, let's look at that. Okay, so first off, I mean, let, what was going on was unreal. Everybody was talking about a tie, and Staley had said during the week, not doing any of that. Nobody, I couldn't even fathom as a player you're playing for an actual tie, right? right? But then it goes to freaking overtime. And, I mean, listening to Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth just chuckling about what we may see was blowing my mind because then I have always been been of this ilk. You do whatever you have to do to make the playoffs, and you do whatever you have to do to be ready to make the playoffs. People get pissed off if players rest in baseball or in basketball or football. I don't. You are selfish to your team. You do what you have to do for your team, not only to make the playoffs, but have the best chance in the playoffs. Sit, rest, don't give a damn. Don't care. If you got to do it, do it. So now all of a sudden, they're in overtime. Losers out, winners in, tie your both in. So are you going to take a chance? You know, how risky are you going to get? So once, you know, they got field goals and it was like, okay, so the Raiders are going to drive now. There's four some minutes to go. What, 
what are they going to do? How risky are they going to be? Now, the riskiest play was, I think it was a third and eight, the out route to Tay Jones, which a was beautiful a beautiful pass by a Derek Carr. Great Cole. throw. Yes. And yeah. I can see why they did that because you don't. There's two minutes to go. You're punting the ball away, and maybe the Chargers want to come down and try and win the game. So, I mean, that was a phenomenal throw. Phenomenal. Yes. Yep. So, after they make that and there's like two some minutes to go, you're thinking, holy shit, they're, they're going to they're gonna do that. But then Josh Jacobs starts busting off some runs, right? Mm-hmm. So, now they're in position where it's third and, f- and four, I believe. Yes. And at that point, where they were at, it was going to be about a 56-yard field goal. And, my, my God, Carlson hit everything in the world at home, right? But still... A 56-yard field goal, you got to kick low trajectory. You're asking for a block, right? So, so I and, and the clock's running, right? There's 38 seconds on the game clock and 25 on the, on the play clock? Yeah, something like that. And, Mike, it's also important to, to point out the Chargers. Now, it's third down, as you just pointed out. The Chargers still have two timeouts, right? They have two timeouts, okay. right, because they hadn't called one. So even, you know, even the Raiders are going, okay, they're not calling one. Right. But but then they do call one. And Staley, listen, Staley said post, he gave his reason. His reason was, we wanted to get the right personnel in the game to stop the run. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so, okay, hearing that in a vacuum makes sense. The only thing is, well, what the hell just happened to two previous plays? They ran the ball, and you stopped them for three yards a game each time. What right. new personnel were you bringing in the game at that point? <laughs> that allowed Jacobs to bust off a 15-yard yes. run. <laughs> so at that point, so at that point, you're kind of on the treadmill. You know, you're kind of like clocks running, they're running, they're making the tackle for two, three yards. We're just going to do the same thing, and it'll probably be a tie. Then they call a timeout. So I don't think that pissed off the Raiders. I don't think they changed the play call. They were always going to run the ball. It was going to be a safe play. But what happened was, now all of a sudden, everybody got a timeout. They got a chance to kind of catch their breath, kind of take a deep breath, and come flying off the ball one more time. Whereas if they didn't take that timeout, in my opinion, you're kind of in that running rut of, we're going to run, we're going to let the clock run, we're going to run another play, they're going to make the tackle for a two or three yard gain like they did a couple times, and this is how it's going to end. But they call timeout. They call timeout, so everybody kind of got a quick breath, a quick drink of water, and popped off the ball one more time. And listen, Chargers didn't execute, Raiders did. He pops off an eight, nine yard run, whatever it was, to make it now a 47 yard field goal. What I want to know, and I don't know if we'll ever know, what were the, what was the Raiders' line of demarcation? When, what, at what distance were they not going to kick it for fear of a low trajectory to get the distance. Was it a 50-yarder maybe? You know, was it if we got right. below 50, we tried? I don't know. Mike, but I think it, before the Jacobs 10-yard run, I think I think the Raiders were content with, hey, Carlson's a good kicker. It's a 50-some-odd-yard kick. We'll either make this and we'll beat the Chargers. We'll go to the playoffs or he'll miss it and we'll tie and we'll both go to the playoffs. And I think Staley, and what's wrong with saying this in the postgame? Hey, I was fucking the. I was playing to win the game. That's what I was trying to do. I think he was thinking if I use my timeouts, they don't make the field goal. I got one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL who can get 25 yards with his eyes closed in 10 seconds, and we'll kick a field goal and we'll win the game. What's wrong well, with that? Here, here's where we differ in thinking. 
If they ran the ball there and had no gain, I don't think he was trying a field goal. I don't okay. think they were trying a 55-yarder. Okay. Too many bad things can happen on that. Lo- Again, the further you go back, the lower the kick has to come out. Right. So I think the easier it can get blocked. Now, you block it, even if you don't scoop it, you recover it, you're a few yards away from your own kicker kicking the ball. So while I don't think it changed the play, I just think it gave the Raiders one more breath to come off the ball and make a play. And yeah, shame on the Chargers. They, did, they didn't make the stop there. But what a game. How about the Chargers coming back? Game. Six yeah. to seven on fourth downs. Yes. The only one they missed was on their own 18-yard line. And they weren't like fourth and twos. They were like fourth and tens. I mean, it was incredible. And then you get the review to see, make sure the catch was on the 12-yard line or that that last play would have been from the 28-yard line. But it was a catch, so it was on the 12. And what a, what a dart Herbert threw to Williams in the end zone on a little oh. stop route. It was phenomenal. So, you know, I look forward to Herbert and the Chargers and what they're going to bring, but they're gone, man. So they move on, and, 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 and good job by the Raiders in moving on to the playoffs now, a team that you don't know how much you can trust either way. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Mike, with everything that happened with that team, uh, Rich Versace, who was their head coach, it took over after John Gruden yeah. left. Um, they have now made the playoffs. I mean, kind of feels like he deserves to get another cra- – like he, he's wanted to be a head coach forever. He got this team to the playoffs with all this stuff surrounding him, okay, and still had the team focused enough. Derek Carr played great, but it feels like that guy should get at least one more year as the Raiders head coach. So, so a lot of times you overthink it, right? When yeah. the answer's staring you right in front and right in your sure. face. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy who took over with all everything that went on. And certainly they had, you know, a down spike during the year as well, but then they finished with four in a row to make the playoffs. A big win, you know, in Indianapolis and then finish up, you know, against the Chargers. So instead of looking for a name or an experienced coach, here's what I don't know. I'm not in the locker room, but but I'll find out a little bit this week because I'm calling that game this week for Westwood One to be able to talk to the coaches and some of the players. It seems like the players love the guy, you know, and it seems like they they buy in because everybody has to understand all these coaching changes that went on, and some of them had to happen. But remember what goes on. The head coach changes. That means the coordinators change. That means the position coaches change. That means you're changing your offense and you're changing your defense. So are are you ready to do that? Do you want to do that? You know, the Raiders are doing pretty well what what they're doing right now, and he's leading them in, in a good way. So sometimes the answer's right there in front of your eyes, and it's a lot easier than they think. Mike, you have no issues with Brandon Staley's style of coaching, do you? The fact that he goes forward on no. fourth, and you, you have no issues. No, no issues with anything he did throughout the entire game yesterday. No, 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 I don't. I mean, I know you, we see Harbaugh do it in Baltimore, you know, especially in the going for twos as well. You know, some of the thought process is changing. Here's all I say. You know, I, I would – well, it, it's tough to say be consistent. Like like I said, if I have a 16 and the dealer has a 17 or higher, I hit every time. I consistently right. do it. So, you know, do, do you say the same thing in football? Be consistent with what you do? It doesn't surprise me that he does that. And the thing about it is it never surprises the players. So the players are always ready and understand in that situation – they're probably going to be going for it. Um, it's interesting. First off, Billy, let's uh, let's just stop for a second on blackjack because Mike would hate playing with me. If I have a 16, okay, and I feel <laughs> – I don't care if the dealer has a 7. Or, Mike, no, it's my money. It's my cards. It's my spot. I'll do what the fuck I want. No, I'm no, not no. playing for the rest of the table. I'm playing for me. Listen, 
Listen, you will be playing alone. I as, don't care. As, as I've always said, Prefer it. No, no, that one, that one doesn't bug me. Sixteen going on your gut is fine. I'm just telling you the way I play. You can play. A guy sitting next to me, a woman sitting next to me, can play however they want. Right. If they're if they're hitting, you know, when the dealer's got a five and they have a five and they're hitting and doing dumb shit like that, then I'm probably going to get up and leave. But at sixteen. I, I have no problem with you doing a feel thing. I just personally, for me, I make it very easy on myself. Seven or higher, I'm hitting. That way I'm not thinking, I'm not grinding my gears, I'm not going, oh shit, I shouldn't have done it. Right. There are, there are that, that I, I will always do that. If a dealer's showing a two and I have a 12, I'll only hit if I know another card's gonna get, or I won't hit if I know another card is gonna sure. get pulled out by somebody else, then I won't hit. If no right. other card's gonna get pulled out, then I'll take one card. I just have a way I do it, and I do it consistently every time. You would not piss me off doing that at all. I don't know how you don't drive yourself fucking crazy, though, trying to feel, you know, what they have well, that you time. Trust your gut once mind. in a while, Mike. I mean, that's what you got to do. I yeah, mean, well, yeah. You know. You can't. Care. And listen, can't. I'd be a lot more hesitant to do it if you were actually sitting at the table because no, you're no, big no. and you can kick my I, ass. I would, but I would not get mad at you. Sixteen, I, I, I have no problem if somebody right. you know wants to go on a feel on that. I'll just say this on Staley: if he really had some guts, Mike, and wanted to be consistent, when he scored that touchdown to tie the game, he would have went for. I two. thought he went for two. Yeah, that's exactly what I right. thought as well. I mean, show some guts for crying but, out loud! But but when you if the tie gets you in the playoffs, then there's no reason for you to do that at all. That that would have been that would have been a guy having a five and the dealer having a five and the guy taking a hit. That would have been bad. That would have been dumb. Uh, Mike, as a former player, okay, do you see what fans see and what everyone sees in Justin Herbert? It's a shame he didn't make the playoffs. I would have liked to see that guy in the playoffs. But, oh, my God, some of those throws. The seam route to Mike Williams in overtime is one of the best throws I've ever seen, Mike. Think about the knock on him coming out that, oh, we're not sure he really loves football. Mm -hmm. Not sure he really loves the game. And then, you know, he was was basically going to sit until Terod Taylor either got hurt or didn't play well, and it turns out his own team doctor hurt him with a needle, you know, and puncturing his lung when he tried to numb him up, and that's how Herbert got his shot. Dude, and he has been on a tear ever since. you got to love the direction the Chargers are in. I mean, love the direction with with the receivers they have. The defense is off and on, but I love the the O-line. They they tinkered with it last offseason. They'll have to probably do that again a bit, but I love the direction they're going. You know, start naming the teams – that have a young quarterback that you feel so good about for the next decade to 12 years. And I know I know you feel good about older quarterbacks, still quarterback, but I mean young quarterbacks where you're like, that's my guy for the next 10 to 15 years. That's Justin Herbert. I would say Chargers, Bengals, Chiefs, and Buccaneers. How about that? I mean- Buccaneers! <laughs> <laughs> I love mean, they've it. sat in that position for decades. I, mean- I love it. Absolutely love it. But there's not a lot of teams, Mike. You're right. I mean, I'm thinking about it. Young quarterback that you know is your guy. The Dolphins aren't in that position. We'll get to them in just a second. But there aren't a ton of teams like that. I can't say that about the Jets right now. Maybe the Bills, Mike. That's that's another. I I would say that, yeah, the Bills would be in that category, I I think, as well. Certainly the Browns aren't. The Giants aren't. I mean, as far as young quarterbacks are concerned. Yeah. The Cardinals are. Yep. 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 They are. I think they definitely are. So, I mean, when you have that and you know you have that to build around – and you still have a couple of years left where you don't have to pay that big money. 
you know, where you can start to start to that's that's the, the beauty of this thing is the smart capologist that build it out for five, six, seven years, you know, and stagger the things. I mean, look in in, in Kansas City. I mean, the guys they've paid there. Remember, Mahomes' money doesn't even hit till next year. It was going to be two years before when he did that deal before his money was going to hit. So, how smart on you in signing all these guys? Yeah, it's uh, great. Maybe the Cowboys you could throw into that mix, or some other yeah. teams, maybe. But um, it's going to be an interesting weekend coming up of football, Mike. Uh, Mike, what the fuck happened? Frank Reich was on God Bless Football last week. I don't think he'll ever come on our show again. Uh, but what the hell happened to the Colts, man? God bless Frank Reich, huh? Yeah. For coming <laughs> on our shit. show. Sorry about that, Mike. That's not I what mean, Indy's saying today. No, no. So <laughs> first, first, let, let me go to the other side. Because, because if you play long enough, you're on the other side of this, where you're not playing for shit, right? And that was Jacksonville. Think about yeah. it. Jacksonville got that win and got the number one pick in the draft. Yes. I mean, and Lawrence looked good. It was a good, the rare good day for the Jaguars. I mean, <laughs> so, so Shaq Griffin, a uh, player on their team, he said, he epitomized, and I, and I said this, and he said it out loud, and I'm glad he did. He said, we don't know who the coaches are going to be next year. Every year players change on teams, so you're not sure what players are going to be here. He said, but what this game is, it's one more chance to get your play on tape. For the new coach, for another coach around the league, players understand their tape is their resume. And I love when he said it. It's one more chance to prove yourself on tape. And they did, man. I mean, it was it was so cool to watch from that side of it. As a former player, again, a player who's been on a 3-13 and 13 team and you're not playing for shit at the end of the year, what are you playing for? Players are playing for self-preservation. You know, where am I going to be next, here or somewhere else? But then from the Colts side of it, and listen, Frank said on God Bless Football, he, he said it. Because you asked me, you know, about Carson Wentz and, and relying on Carson Wentz. Because, yes. listen, there's the stat. Only two of the uh, last eight games he threw for over 200 yards. That's misleading because he didn't have to in some games because he had Jonathan Taylor. And they were running the ball, and he didn't need to throw for big yards. The, the issue isn't just what Frank said. He said there's going to come times when we need Carson Wentz to carry us. Mm-hmm. And he can't do it. Right. Or he hasn't done it. Or yes. he didn't do it. And, th- and that's the problem. And so you look at that. They gave up a first-rounder to Philadelphia, and Philadelphia made the playoffs with the yeah. quarterback they had in Jalen Hurts. So are, th- are they going to do it again, go from Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz to another quarterback? What are they going to do? I mean, because that was an embarrassing loss. And it's not all on Carson Wentz. Listen, that old line got knocked around. That great offensive line, they were giving up some pass rush in that game without question six times. Wentz got sacked, so he was getting hit a lot more than that. Uh, And they did not run the ball all that well. No, they only ran it 18 times uh, because the score was getting away from them. But those guys had to be an absolute stunned after that game. Mike, after the game, I texted all of you this. I said, is this the worst loss in NFL history in terms of the, the stakes and the competition? And I actually went back and did some research, and I don't, I don't think it's in question. The thing that comes closest is 2008, Tampa Bay losing to Oakland. What's that flight home like? It, it, let me tell you, and this was a 15, so you can look at it from a spread point, because this, I think, was an over a 15-point spread. I remember my last year, actually, in, in Miami, <clears throat> we were 9-2, uh, we we I think 7-2 or 9-2 at one point, or we were 9-2. 
and we lost our last five games and missed the playoffs. And the second last game, we just had to win one of the last couple games to make it in, to get to that 10th win. We were out playing the Chargers back when they were in San Diego. So when I say San Diego Chargers, I'm not saying it wrong. That's where we were. <laughs> and being on a defensive line. Were you we doing that just to avoid the buzzards on yes, Twitter? It will come exactly. after you. Okay, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that game, because there's ways to lose, guys. And as a defensive lineman, the worst way for a D lineman to lose is getting your shit run over. And the Chargers in that game ran for 220 yards on us. They just pummeled us. In a game we thought we were going to win and be able to clinch a playoff spot and be in, we got just rolled on. And you're talking a flight from San Diego back to Miami. And we knew we had one more game against the Patriots, one we lost in overtime. So it was, our, I think, our fifth straight loss. We finished 9-7 and seven and didn't make the playoffs. But we thought, okay, this, this was one, because the last one was a division game, always tough, that we would have got this game. That flight was horrific. I mean, you could hear a pin drop the whole way home. It, it, it's, it's awful. It is, it is an awful feeling. Even worse for the Colts, because they were so favored in this game, just take care of your business, even though, as we talked about with Frank, it been what, since 2014? They've lost every game in Jacksonville or in London, which I still don't understand. Uh, but that ride home had to just suck. Mike, now, the longest plane ride home, it could be a half-hour flight, right? Yeah. It's, it doesn't matter the actual no. length of the flight. It's just a long play ride, a plane ride home because you can hear a pin drop, essentially. You're, just, yes. you're getting there. You're just, <laughs> you just sit down in your seat. You don't want to hear from anybody. You don't want to talk to anybody. You're just sitting there. So when you're sitting there stewing in your own shit, Right. And your own head just swirling. Yes. It seems like a week that you're there because it's just going over and over and over in your head. Because, listen, when you lose that bad to a team that's not that good, sure. everybody's made mistakes. Everybody is going over in their mind, what if, what if, what the fuck did I do here? Oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. It is miserable. I've said this. And, I, and, and you've heard other, other former players say it as well. You remember the bad way longer than you remember the good. Do you remember who you were sitting next to on that flight? No, I don't remember. All I know, just <laughs> sitting there, not saying a word, just sitting there, stewing. Right. It was horrible. But it gets it's uncomfortable just, after like four or five hours. Like, you got to say something to somebody, no? I mean, no, I mean, no, no, you nothing. don't. Okay. People put headphones on, they right. listen to music, they just, right. you, you just separate. Everybody, <laughs> not physically, but everybody just mentally separates from everybody. Was there a guy who fucked it up, who didn't care nearly as much as you guys did, and he was out there on a, he was partying on the plane? Uh, like. so I, there's no way that would have happened. I mean, there's no – would have got killed. Billy burnt up! I mean. Would have got killed. I mean, talk about reading the room, man. Even if you feel that way, you better shut the hell up and just sit there. Put your headphones on. Really? You know? Uh, you know what? If I didn't play and I didn't affect the outcome of the game, I'd have a couple of cocktails on the way home. Fuck you guys. The, you could have a the backup quarterback. <laughs> right, you, exactly you, right. you could have a couple of cocktails, but don't be going, cheers, guys! Woo! <laughs> you know, sit there, sip your drink, and shut your mouth. Uh, 
The Dolphins, Mike, let's just start here with the coaches that were fired and the jobs that are available in the NFL. You have Denver, you have the Vikings, you have the Dolphins, you have the Bears, you have the Jaguars, at least right now. Uh, And we'll see about the Raiders, okay? That's going to be interesting to see what the Raiders do. Uh, Take the Jaguars out of it. Because the other four jobs, Mike, are they're not only great jobs, those teams are good. Like, there's a young foundation of talent on Denver, on Minnesota, on the Dolphins, even the Bears with Justin Field. What's the best of those jobs? So, so here's what here's what you look for. Um, uh, what a coach is going to look for, obviously, ownership and who's calling the shots. What kind of say do you have? This is all depending on you know, are you a first time head coach? Are you a guy who has experience as a head coach? You know, I, I'm coming in. Who's the GM? Will I get along with that GM? They all they all basically know one another. How much of a say will I have? Will I have anything to say at all? And then you know what you do. Let's look at those teams. Which team has their quarterback for the next 10 years, next five years? Which team on paper does? The Bears. The Bears. Maybe the That's Jags, it. I guess. Maybe uh, the Jags. Oh, oh you, you said keep the Jags yeah, out of it. Yeah, but keep the Jags, the Jags out of it. But you're right. Of those other four teams, it's only four, the Bears. Denver yes. doesn't. Only right. the Bears. You got one more year for Kirk Cousins at 35 mil, I think. The greatest business football player we've seen in a long time. Amazing. For the money he's made. And you don't know what's going on with Tua in Miami. So you have one team that's that you know you're going in there to coach and you know you have that quarterback so maybe you want to go somewhere else because you may get to pick your own quarterback denver needs a new quarterback the minnesota eventually is going to have one probably after next year i doubt they're going to be able to dump kirk dump kirk cousins on someone else unless they're going to pick up a hefty part of that salary and I, I, I don't think tua is long for miami to be the quarterback there so that's what the coach looks for next is who's my quarterback and in those four situations, one of them you're basically locked into for at least for the next few years, and that's Justin Fields. The yeah. other places you may have a say in a quarterback that you want to bring in. The uh, I, I don't think any of those firings, Fangio, Zimmer, uh, Nagy, certainly not Urban Meyer, none of those surprised anyone on Monday, right? Some of those Flores happened before. Did. Right. Flores but Brian did. Flores of the Dolphins surprised a lot of people. So what would you make of that? And, and every year it happens. You know, every year there's that surprise firing, like, oh, my God, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I know the team had a seven-game losing streak, then a seven-game winning streak, then they lose, and then they win. At the end, I like Brian, Brian Flores. I know players like Brian Flores. He has to be the first coach who's been fired after winning his final eight of nine games. I mean, it's crazy. I, I'm, 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 I'm amazed. And to be Belichick twice. <laughs> but their thought process could easily be, what do you normally do when you change coaches, especially this quick? You go for you go oppo. So they're probably going to go. I would be stunned if they didn't go for an offensive guy. You know, to try and say, okay, let's get an offensive guy. Let's get a quarterback we want. Let's develop that quarterback instead of having a defensive coach and him bringing in a quarterback coach or an OC that's going to do that. I think they're going to want a head coach that's going to do that. That That's my only thought because I, I was stunned at that one. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Brian Flores. All right, so they fire Brian Flores, which was a shock. They keep uh, Chris Greer, who's the general manager. I understand what, he, what Stephen Ross, the owner, is saying where, hey, I like the players. I just don't like how they're being 
being coached, essentially. Right. right. Um, but he does have a good young foundation of players here. Yes. Stephen Ross. Now, here's where it gets really interesting, Mike, and I think frustrating for Dolphin fans. He has all these ties to Michigan. If you've ever been to Ann Arbor, you will see Stephen Ross's name on just about every single building uh, at that university. He cares very much about the football program. Jim Harbaugh just won the Big Ten, just got to the Final Four, got to the playoffs, and now there are rumors that he wants to coach again. And where it gets interesting is Stephen Ross saying, I did not fire Brian Flores to go get Jim Harbaugh, to which I would respond, you better have had fired Brian Flores to go get Jim Harbaugh. Shouldn't he be more concerned about the team he owns than the university that he went to, Mike? Yes, yes, <laughs> he, he definitely should. And and if you have the thought process about firing, firing Brian Flores, and I don't know when that thought process started. I hope they have a thought process on where they're going to go. And like I said, I do think it's going to be the offensive side of the ball. And, and let me tell you, Harbaugh... Harbaugh's pissed off at the pay cut he took. And now all of a sudden, he, he won the Big Ten title and he got to the CFP uh, playoffs, or uh, college football playoffs. So he's going to use all this. He's going to use all this NFL teams after him again so he can get his payback up again. I don't think he was real. I, you know, I think he understood at the time that he had to do that because he was going to be close to being out the door for the wins he wasn't getting at Michigan. But now that now in one fell swoop, one fell swoop, he's the Big Ten champ, and he goes to the playoffs. He's probably thinking, okay, time for another payday. I mean, he's, listen, he's made a lot of money, but he did have to go back down, and now he's looking to go back up. Uh, Mike, and what do you, so if it's not Jim Harbaugh, like th this whole thing is fascinating because Deshaun Watson and those rumors are out there. Now there are rumors that, you know, Flores wanted Watson. Stephen Ross didn't want Watson. Uh, Watson was intrigued and would have waived his no trade clause because of Chris Greer and Brian Flores, the combination right. of those two. <laughs> Eric Bieniemy is still out there. Like I, th the whole thing is so fascinating. And I think Stephen Ross has to be super, if it's not going to be Jim Harbaugh, which would be a shock to me, Mike, at this yeah. point, yeah. he's got to be really smart in who he hires here, no? Well, well he does. And again, so, so your owner ownership has decisions to make. Do you get the proverbial retread, right? A guy who's been around and you're bringing him back again. Or do you get that young young offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator? You know, do you go that route? And I think for Miami, I think it'll be more of, you know, because that's what we've seen as of late from LaFleur to Zach Taylor to Sean McVay to Cliff Kingsbury. You see these young offensive minds. And that's where I think the Miami Dolphins will eventually go uh, whether, you know, whether it's from the, I doubt it'll be from the college level, um, but I think it'll be from the pro level. That's Greer's job is to identify those coordinators. You know, I know Bill O'Brien's out there, you know, as no. well, yeah. uh, but, but no, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I think with the, the approach now, because so much of college is coming into the NFL, um, that, that I just think you're, we're going, look at last year, look at last year, all the, all the hirings were first time head coaches, right? And more on the younger side, correct? Say for Urban Meyer, who went to Jacksonville, the rest of yep. them were coordinators. I don't think there were any retreads at all. And I still think that's, that's the way it can go. And I think that's the way it'll go in Miami. Uh, Mike, if you had to rank those jobs, how would you rank them? Take Jacksonville out of it again. Um, I, I think. From a defensive standpoint, I think Denver's close. They I think are. Denver's close. That's why Aaron Rodgers is interested, yeah, whether he's so or not at this point. I think they're the closest team. I like the two running backs, and Gordon and Williams. I like the defense. I, I, I like them as a whole 
better than the other teams. Though I'll say this, if you name a back and two receivers, how far do you go till you get to Delvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson? I think you might start there, Mike. You might. You may start there. Yeah. If nothing else, they're in the team picture, right? Yes. There, there, there's not going to be many, if any, that are better than that trio of running back and two receivers. So you got weapons there. You need a little work on that old line. The defense was hot and cold, but man, what you and, and it's not like you know Thielen's the oldest of that group. You know, Jefferson's just is a couple years in, so there's some shit to build with there. But I, I, would, I think overall Denver, Denver, but but I mean they they've just swung and missed with so many quarterbacks. It's been on the list of quarterbacks that crazy. they have had on that team since Peyton Manning. It's it's almost embarrassing. Who's the most embarrassing one? It's Osweiler, right? I mean, it has yeah, I was thinking Brock Osweiler, right? Yeah, <laughs> they gave him yeah. like 90 mil. <laughs> yeah, they did. Well, they got the guy Peyton now, so now they have, you know, that was that was uh, John Elway's gig. Now right. it's Peyton. Now he's the guy making the decision. So, you know, he, listen, he can't do much worse for the quarterback <laughs> position. Don't forget Paxton Lynch. Oh, he was great. Oh, Paxton Lynch. Wow. <laughs> But I think Brock Osweiler got the most money, didn't he? I think. Brock Osweiler got paid. Paxton yeah, Lynch yeah, was a first-round pick. Yeah. Mike, shouldn't we all be? I mean, we should. We should be forgetting about Paxton Lynch. Why? What are you doing? Should be forgetting about all of them. I mean, <laughs> except Osweiler. I mean, it, he's a legend. It, I mean, it's like just—it's stunning. It is just stunning. God, it's amazing. Uh, Mike, who do you think the Dolphins' next head coach is going to be? Make a prediction. Go ahead. I, Go I, ahead. I'm so Stu. I'm so bad at this because I don't know enough of. I think it's going to be Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> you, you do? If, okay. Well, if you have the connection to Harbaugh, and he does, he has a relationship with him, you can't let Jim leave Michigan. He's going to leave your school anyways. So if you value him and think he's that great of a head coach, go get him because you have the relationship and a good young nucleus of talent here. You can't let him go elsewhere. Right? You can't let him go to the Bears. You can't let him go to the Broncos. If you can't let him go to one of these other spots and he wins a Super Bowl, you know? If he's going to leave for sure, then you try and get him. I'm yes. not sure he's leaving. Okay. All I'm right. not sure he's leaving and just trying to get his, Leverage. his pay yeah. jacked up again yeah. like how many other you because know, they cut his like, bag in half, right? Like Mike? Mel, look at what Mel all he has to do is point to Mel Tucker. Oh, say, God. look what they just gave Mel Tucker. Right. <laughs> I mean, yes. oh my God. Yep. So yeah, I, I think I think Harbaugh is uh, I think he's gonna stay in Michigan. Mike, can you envision a scenario where Brian Flores actually gets hired by one of these other teams? Because yes. I can. Yes. I, I definitely can. Yes. Listen, yes. he got that team, you know, to to win big games. He got them to win consistently. Now they lost them as well. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't all roses out there. Yes. Yes, he's a, he's a young coach. I yeah. could absolutely see a, a team saying, yeah, we, we dig that. We dig that guy. I'll be interested where the Bears go. I mean, you know, is the name Eric Bieniemy? I mean, they just tried a Kansas City thing, right? With yes. Matt Nagy. Yeah. You know, right. and yeah. it didn't work. Do, do mm-hmm. they try it again with Eric Bieniemy? Does Eric Bieniemy finally you know, get a job out there. Mike, so. he has to get a job here. I mean, there's five openings right now and maybe a six with the Raiders. He has oh. to get one of these jobs. I mean, there, were that, there were that many openings last right. year and he didn't. True. So, I yeah. mean, I don't know what goes on, you know, in the interview rooms and stuff like that. I, I have no idea. You would think, you would think he's going to get a shot somewhere. I know they wanted, he wanted to, he got offered jobs in college and he didn't want to take that because, you know, his next step is going to be an NFL head coach. Uh, Mike, take Belichick out of this discussion. Um, It's fairly obvious at this point that Mike Tomlin is the second best coach in the NFL, right? I mean, it's amazing how great of a coach he is. I mean, uh, the best. I I, I love 
my my son Mike wasn't there all that long. It was there at training camp, but he got you know enough of of Mike Tomlin in that short of time to just realize, man, that's a coach right there. That is a coach players like. That's a coach players respect, but it's also a coach the players know kick their ass if he has to. I, I love the guy. Absolutely love the guy. Um, so yeah, I, he's he's right up near the top without a doubt, and that without question is the most loyal organization there is as far as keeping head coaches. Yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> but they should keep him, and they should keep yeah. him for oh, as long yeah. as he wants to be there. How about that day for Roethlisberger, where not only his game, but watching that Chargers-Raiders game in Collinsworth was great. He said, hey, Ben must be watching this game at home if he's still awake. Four minutes to go. He might have another game to play, and it's a playoff game, or this might be the final four minutes of his career. <laughs> and he has no control over any of it. You know? That's the amazing thing, because, <laughs> because again – Ben is in, he's in the rare side of it where he's calling the shots, right? He's saying yes. he's going to stop playing. For most players, and that's me, we don't. All of a sudden, that year in Miami I was talking about earlier, we played New England and lost in overtime, didn't make the playoffs. I didn't know it then. That was my last game in the NFL. I didn't retire. The NFL retired me. And that's how it happens to most players. Ben is in a fortunate position where he's deciding he wants to walk away. Now, I don't think he was going to be in Pittsburgh next year uh, anyway. But it's, yeah, to know you're going to, to know this was going to be your last season and to know you won your game, but it still might end with you sitting on the couch watching another game. I can't remember where one kick decided three fates, right? Crazy. One yes. kick put the Raiders in, put Pittsburgh in, and knocked the Chargers out. One kick, right. three different outcomes for three different teams. Pretty amazing. If you're uh, Carlson, you should expect some sort of holiday card every year from the Roethlisberger's, right? Well, is it, isn't, mean, it like, isn't it like um, with Cincinnati and Buffalo? What was it? Just a couple of years ago, right? Didn't they send uh, a, a bunch of gifts to, um, to Cincinnati? Or, am I, am I Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Yeah, Andy right. Dalton. Red Rifle. Yeah, Yeah, because he helped them out. He helped their playoff situation. So, hell yeah. Pittsburgh needs to send that kid, you know, some, uh, you know, fruit basket or something. <laughs> no, just Roethlisberger. Not the Steelers, just yeah, Roethlisberger. Just Ben, yeah. Just, you know, like a picture of the family during yeah. the holidays. You Thanks know, for keeping getting... me going for at least one more game. <laughs> <laughs> Where they can only squeeze Ben's face in the picture. Because yeah. Of <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Mike, you do those holiday cards, right? The Golic holiday cards that yes, I've never yes, received? Yes, we do. Right. We, we, yeah. Our holiday card is we stand and line up however my wife tells us to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, listen. We're happy all the wife, same happy boat, life. Mike. We know that. <laughs> We're all the same boat. Yeah, we are. But yeah, you got are. her back when you got that gift that was meant for you. That was meant for her, but it was really for you. The That's massage chair. Listen, everybody could have enjoyed it. Just because I like to <laughs> lay she it. never chose to. My, right. Just because I sat in my underwear all the time doesn't mean yeah. that, you know, she didn't enjoy it. That's on her, not on me. All right, we'll get you out of here. Can you help me out with this, though? Because you know yeah. I went to a Dead & Company concert. It yeah. was canceled on the plane right there. Hall & Oates was doing some sort of uh, concert gathering on the beach in Mexico, and they canceled that shit while you were on the plane. You would parlay that into what? Everything, right? First off, I'd be so hammered. I'd yeah. get so hammered on well, the I beach. I was, Mike. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you were. And then, yeah, I am trying to get every last ounce I can out of that from every angle that I possibly can for as long as I possibly can. And I know I would try and do that. And you're way better at that than me. So I yes, can't sir. even imagine what you're going to end up with this. I'm the best ever. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you, you for are. that, Mike. I yeah, appreciate you are. that. <laughs> Turning a bad situation into a positive. Can I go now? Yes. <laughs> I'll see <All> right. you. <laughs>
Stugatz here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot has changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. It was the original light beer, and to this day, it's still the best one. Miller Lite has more of the taste you want and less of the stuff you don't. What I love to do, what me and my friends do, when we're sitting around, we like to enjoy it with ice-cold Miller Lights. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. The original light beer since 1975. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.